0: I mean, first of all, how cool is this? I know. Not like the podcast, but the, I mean, you've been the staple of me, John, Jackson. You saw us from babies Mm -hmm. grow up and we're still here. You're still here. It's like full circle. I know. It almost makes sense that one of the first people we bring on is Meredith. Yeah. Yeah. Meredith. You've been around for quite some time. Uh,
1: I was g- thinking the same you on my first paid day as a therapist ever uh, you were in my group. Yeah, which is crazy. It
0: is crazy. Do we need to say anything to like allow you to talk about anything?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was like not gonna reveal <coughs> how I know y'all unless you did it. Oh you know? okay
2: yeah Meredith was a staff member at the rehab town I went to. Uh, and we give her
0: complete permission to be completely transparent and give any details out. We give verbal consent. <laughs> verbal. Thank this you. is a release of information. An ROI. An ROI. Okay. Completely okay. But be mindful. Don't bring up any of that shit that one time. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I really don't have very much dirt on either one of you guys. You, John, was always he—he uh, he was a little feisty when needed, and I always love <laughs> the story of the bunk bed thing, which freaking just is like hilarious. Tell us. No. <laughs>
2: that that happened to me twice.
1: Oh, I only knew about one. Well,
2: the other one was at was at the mental hospital that I went to, because <laughs> uh, my roommate in the mental hospital was there for attempted school shooting.
1: Oh. Okay.
2: And like he told me that and I was like, okay. I don't I don't want I don't want anything don't from this guy. Here. I don't belong here. So like we're like in the cafeteria and we got like the little um, paper milk stuff that you open up. Yeah. And he was just like, Hey John, can I get that can I get that milk? And I'm like, please take the milk. <laughs> <laughs> you sure. can have all my milk. Yeah. You can have the whole tray if you want to. Just don't, you know, like you try to shoot up a school. You didn't care about them. You definitely don't care about me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then the one over at Phoenix House. uh For those of you that don't know, so like I had Bunky, and he was on top bunk, and he was like detox in the first couple of days. And whenever he finished detoxing, I realized that he was just a really tall, big you know, Hispanic guy that looked terrifying. And whenever he felt good enough, he just like came up to me while I was sitting on the bottom bunk bed. And he was like, I'm on the bottom bunk now. And I was like, sure thing, not a problem. The top bunk seems to be better because of the altitude difference and, you know, the temperature's, you know, it's colder up there, you know, by all (laughs) means. I was waiting on this moment my whole life, you know?
1: Uh, It was just hilarious. It was so funny. But anyways, you you never really ruffled too many feathers the only thing that really sticks out in my mind is running group with you because i wasn't your therapist well either one of y'all therapists and so and yet we
0: always showed up in your
1: office i know well you more more than john but you would you would hang out in my office quite a bit but um so i didn't really have like group with you guys or really see too much of you but there was a time when I was running group, and I think it was towards the end of your stay. And I was just like, "John's my dude." Like you, as an adolescent therapist, you need like someone that you can be like, "Help me," you know, like <laughs> help help your your group. Yeah, help
0: be the influence mm-hmm, for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. John, I
1: was like, "John's my dude. He he got it. He understands what's going on."
2: So, yeah. Well, ad- yeah. Adolescent rehab or treatment was just so crazy. I know. you just, you just have all these young people that are just exuding testosterone because they're in puberty yeah and so like i feel like everybody in my group was at any moment in time like willing just to start screaming and yelling and getting like really loud and big and it was just so hostile yeah. but it was great you know I loved it thrived in it so,
1: it is i always say too like uh don't judge an adolescent treatment center like from some stories you hear <laughs> because there is no perfect adolescent treatment center you're like dealing with like uh, really challenging population sometimes so th- shit goes down well i feel matter. like all the time yeah
0: it's always challenging because oh, like true. one of the things Adults i'd to. that's extremely uh, difficult in my opinion is how do you get a adolescent drug addict or just an adolescent in general to change something so drastic yeah the only thing that we've ever changed was like our mood through anger violence mm-hmm. uh drugs you know all of that stuff so it's like okay how do you even get these kids to comprehend okay this is bad and we need to make a major shift yeah it just seems impossible
1: yeah it is a journey and it's not a light switch where it's just like well bam oh i'm gonna you know totally change things but i think it for me it always starts with the relationship um and um when you're able to just kind of kick back and, and talk about it without judgment or shame and you're able to just have a conversation m- multiple conversations um and I think that that like is how little seeds start getting planted you know and then you just you know um you really stick with them you know cuz there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be times where you're like oh, okay we're back like here mm-hmm. or you know we're in this place again but you don't ever I, like for me i never wanted the the team to see me like sweat like that you know but instead just to be like hey i'm i'm here let's let's go let's talk about it you know
0: so what's your expectation because yeah planting seeds and stuff like crucial part. I mean if it wasn't for that for me I wouldn't know what I was returning back to. Right. But what is your expectation when you're dealing with adolescents? Like has has there been so many people that just never went all the way through that your expectation is no longer we start, we complete, and they'll be better. Just because you've seen so much backtracking, like what is your expectation or how do you evaluate like your goal with this person? Is it you want them to go all the way and you think they're gonna go all the way? Or is it like what's really important between that development in that sensitive time in their life.
1: Yeah. I think like many people would, you would think success would be like, well, I stop and I never go back out again. And I live like a full sober life and I'm successful and all the things, but that to me is not realistic at all. It doesn't matter like the age really at all. Um, and, and I always looked at it like if, if a teen reached out to me and they were like, hey, I need to come back. Or like even today, you know, um, I, I just had someone who is a, a young adult now that I worked with that was an adolescent. And he's like, I, I need help. You know, now I'm 23. And um, and to me, like that is more important You know, that like relationship, the fact that they feel like they can come back and they can count on you and they know that you're going to help them um, is more important than like running all the way across the finish line to be like, oh, look, they're still sober. Like we did that because it's nothing to do with me. The fact that like y'all are still sober has nothing to do with me. That's not true. No, it it really I I feel like it's like maybe we helped uh, expose you to things that helped you in the long run right like we got you connected in community we maybe like pointed you to resources and i put on some cool christmas lights in my office and you felt comfortable to come and, and just chill um but i don't know i i i feel like a lot of it is just like i was saying like walking the journey with you and allowing you the freedom to make choices without being like this is the expectation. Like you got to do this. It's always my hope. It's always my hope that someone can, can find happiness and health and whatever that looks like for them, you know? And it, it would be awesome if it, that, that means you're free from substances too, you know?
2: I would say that the ability, cause my experience with my therapist at Phoenix house was that I could approach her with like any real issue. And I didn't feel like judged by the issue, which made it like very easy for me to want to get like open, honest, and vulnerable, because mm-hmm. even as like a, a young, uh, uh, or I guess I wasn't a young teen because I was seventeen, right? But um, you know, my my inability to trust or believe that adults really had my best interests at heart was so low. Yeah. But people like you, or you know, Miss Megan, uh, Miss Victoria, and, like a couple of these other folks, like. Just had this beautiful way of letting me feel like i could trust y'all with whatever was kind of going on and like your your unique ability to stay in pretty consistent you know communication after a period of time was was very you know re, uh beautiful and rewarding because it was like okay i'm not even her issue anymore but she's still reaching out still making me feel like i am wanted and she's interested and curious about like what's going on in my life and you know that adds uh, an, an incredible amount of value to like myself as like a human being, just knowing that this person that is no longer like being paid to, to give a shit, still gives a shit, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it
0: has to be a little bit more than a job for you because you do things outside of your job requirements all the time. And I know you were in Phoenix house and staying late when you didn't need to and like i mean i'm not saying i don't need to get into your personal life but you're getting home at nine ten o'clock like five days a week
1: mm-hmm. waking
0: up and going right back mm-hmm. it has to be more than a job at that point
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah oh my gosh <clears throat> it is um i think if it was just a job yeah i'd like you know come right in at nine and leave right at five and see you later you know but and i think that that needs to be true for everyone not I will say, like I didn't have the best uh, boundaries, uh, hence why um, I was working so much, and I, you know, and that's how you burn out, and and I sure, sure, sure did real quick, especially at the end. Um, but I lasted, you know, ten and a half years in that work, which is uh, a long time. So, but a, a big part of that, I ha- I like have to say, a big part of that was y'all, and um, at times when. <laughs> when when the work is so hard and heavy and um and in the back of my mind especially those early years i'd be like but but i know that it it works for some you know And, and 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 it was you guys you know and and jackson you know here and there and um and uh, it's a big part. Someone just recently was like, how were you able to do that for so long? And I was, and I said, you guys, you too, well, and you three, I'm always love him too at Jackson. Um, even though, you know, he didn't always, he didn't take the same route and I love that, you know, I love him for, for him and his route. Um, but, um, I can remember a time, I don't know if you even know this, I probably did tell you and it was towards the end, but I like had my head down and I was crying. I mean, listen, it's like heavy stuff. And I was like praying and I was like, why, why, why am I still here? Like, I don't know that I can keep going. And then, uh, as my head's down, like phone rings and it's old Tyler and he, I don't remember what it was, but you were just calling and, and, um, probably talking about H&I or something like that. But anyways, I was just like, oh, okay, all right, God, I'm still here. And I I get it, you know, so you guys were a huge piece in in helping me just kind of in the back of my mind that I I know that this works. I do know that it works. And um, until like, let's keep going, you know, so.
0: Did you know it was going to be like just the roller coaster that it ended up being before you ever started?
1: Mm, okay so when I when I went to school um so I went to therapy when I was a teen which is why I wanted to work with teens I um I had a therapist i was 16 while i like started when i was 15 when i was 16 i literally remember sitting across from her and i was like i'm gonna be you someday but i and so i always envisioned this private practice uh where you know i like went in and i saw gina once a week and i like i could not wait to see her i hated the first two guys they were horrible but um and so i always pictured when i was in school i was like oh i'll I'll do this private practice thing so i did my first undergrad practicum or i'm sorry grad school practicum at a private practice and it was just boring as Mm. hell it was so boring sorry respect to those that that have private practice it's just not my thing and, um, and so I, my first week at Phoenix house, literally, I don't know if we can share this, but, uh, the girl sitting next to me on my first day, we were in the boys dorm and there were girls in the boys dorm. Cause we were Co-ed. M-m- at that time, which is just a freaking nightmare. So cool. And this, chick was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we missed out. Uh, <laughs> no, you, you, wow. you came at the right time. But anyways, this girl, this sweet little girl was sitting next to me sharing so loud about how the first time that she had sex she pooped and that is adolescent treatment for you Mm -hmm. and I was just sitting there like honey no 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 like you don't want to be putting this information out there and then the next day there was like a teen that um there was like a pretty heavy incident like mental health incident that that like same week um that was that like shook the whole community and um and then there was like a love triangle and some kids ran away I don't know it was just complete chaos and I was just like I love this you know it was so crazy but you can't you don't find that very often many people are like but I was just like oh these are my people like let's let's do this so um I stayed there, you know, and it became, yeah, my career. So I didn't necessarily set out like to go to school and um, be like, oh, I'm going to work in adolescent residential treatment. Um, but just that's where God, you know, landed me. And I just had the spiritual feel like that campus has such a spiritual feel with like those big trees and it's just so pretty although the buildings needed a lot of love when y'all were they there they did yeah. yeah and that's adolescent treatment too yeah. you know and they're just you're hard on things we would get something brand new and it'd be broke like we got like a pink remember that like the foo- uh the foosball, foosball thing yeah. yeah it lasted not that long it either. broke
2: immediately yeah. i was there for that i was
0: there for that yeah no it didn't i was playing foosball when i was there we got a lot. new one i'm sure oh.
1: yeah
2: yeah, like my community got one and we maybe had it for 7 days.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Before <laughs> it was just before like a leg was snapped and had yeah. had
0: a, had a 360 ago. before someone left and then broke in and stole the 360.
1: Oh yeah. That's
0: tight. Mm-hmm.
1: Didn't you do some detective work? Was it you? And you I'm found some shoe him. prints or something? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Someone did. Maybe it was a staff.
0: No, not me. I'm friends with that guy on Are Facebook you? though, I think. Are you? I think so.
1: Okay, well, I would love to talk to that guy if it's the same. Yeah,
2: I would just love to know where he's yeah, at. Yeah, so. I can just totally we know see, who it is. <laughs> I can totally see seventeen-year-old Tyler putting on his little Sherlock Holmes glasses yeah. and going out there and be like, well, "Look at this shoe size." I, I set, did have you know? a fedora at one point. That's true. Mm-hmm. We don't miss that phase.
1: Aww. No, 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 we don't.
2: So your
0: your origin was just being in therapy, getting inspired because it helped you so much. You ended up going to Phoenix House, but what? kept you cuz even after phoenix house you yeah. still stayed in like the youth yeah, category right. of treatment or mm-hmm. wellness mm-hmm. and so what what kept you in that field <clears throat> or that area
1: Yeah um you know and like where I am today it's again working with um with adolescents this time not clinical which is just whoof love it um in the recovery high school and then the the support group and I don't know I think it's just I see 16 year old me, you know, who really needed connection and really needed um, healthy relationships and support. And, um, and I can just tap in. And honestly, I just love teens. They're just the best group. And this is, again, like not a knock on adult work, but I worked with adults for a little bit. And um, I didn't find myself having the same compassion. I was just like, get get it together, you know, whereas (laughs) like a 15 year old, I was like, Oh, yes, you need some help. You need some guidance, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, what do they say? Like the the best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, or yeah. Right now or whatever. And like you're experiencing these little seeds of beings yeah. that are still in a major development phase. Yeah. And you're able to be a part of that
1: yeah yeah they're brutally honest like you you know you can just it's true yeah that's they true. will just let you know what is up the, including if your hair is showing some gray because that happened to me too one time a kid was like <laughs> miss you're like your hair i was like what? what what's wrong he's like it's gray i was like yeah yeah that's why i'm blonde but he-
0: why can't they be honest when it's time to grow well, like there's hesitation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that there's fear. You know, like if I'm gonna be honest, like what's gonna come, right? Like, mom and dad gonna get in trouble. You know, like am I gonna get grounded, some consequence or whatever? Um, there's also like in community, this is the thing I loved about residential treatment, you would see someone one on one, and then you would see them in the community. And then you'd be like, mm, who are you, you know, because in my office, here you are, but in community around your peer group, you're putting on a bit of a show. And I mean, that's normal. And so I think that there's a lot of like societal pressures, you know, teen pressures that come from wanting to be that guy, that cool, funny, likable guy. Um, and you want to fit in. So I think that is a, is it like a huge piece too. Um, it could be too, just like rapport, like you just don't feel quite comfortable. Like you were talking about trusting adults. It's like, who, who are you? And, and why am I going to get honest with you? You know, and it takes skill on, on our part to be able to, really get them to a place where they can feel like they can get honest and they can tell us what's up, you know, remove some of the, again, like the shame and guilt and just, you know, normalize it,
0: you know? Well, probably because when we grow up, we're told, we're guided by adults or some figure that's older than, we're not raised by our four-year-old brother, Yeah, you know, and then we go to school and we have teachers uh, or whatever. So we have like these people who are already on a life path Mm -hmm. and are intelligent in some form or fashion And so we've had to listen to these people, but yet our own desires, whether that was like drugs or just want to go hang out with friends and like we're, we're then limited because of what we're told. And so we have issues with these adult figures just in general, because what we've heard from them is not what we want to do. And so now we feel like we can't do it. And that's where for me, the, uh, I was like, fuck you, I'm just going to leave or I'm just going to do this. And so like, coming into any kind of situation where I needed to change and I had to hear direction from elders. I was like, why? Like I, yeah. any kind of thing you tell me that I'm going to have to do, I, I know I don't want to do cause I've already experienced that mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to listen to you?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I also think that for me being a young man, uh, it was much easier for me to drop my guard around, uh, uh, an older woman as opposed to like if you were had put like a young John with like a therapist that was another guy I would have felt much more like apprehensive and like closed off to, to, to that to that dude just because of like gender because like my mom was always in my corner and then like you have my dad and a couple you know you know uh, you know adult male figures over my life that like weren't all the greatest you yeah. know and so like my I would really get like hyper focused on that type of stuff. Like if like you were a dude and like you were coming at me, I would automatically associate you with all these bad experiences I've had with a bunch of other you know males. Mm-hmm. But as you know, as soon as like you put me with uh with a woman that you know is like caring or thoughtful and you know like like wants to help me out, I just I I feel much more comfortable to talk with, with that, you know, person. And
0: I had the opposite experience because I had a male therapist yet, you know, I lived with my dad the majority of the time and it was a lot more free at my dad's house. I could really go do what I want at my mom's house. I was like confined, you know, to this double wide mobile home area in, you know, the hood. I didn't have any friends over there. And my mom was a lot more strict. So I automatically didn't really like, my mom all that much whenever i was growing up and plus some other stuff that i don't want to get into right now but so when i came to phoenix house and i saw you and megan and uh victoria was Mm -hmm. her name like i I was looking at y'all being very gentle and i was like oh shit, maybe these uh, female figures can actually be a safe place and aside Mm -hmm. from the christmas lights in your room i was like it it felt reassuring i was reassured that i was like okay and so i was actually more i had the opposite experience i needed to be shown with this specific i guess gender role model that there wasn't just like hammer coming down all the time Yeah. yeah whereas john you know my therapist I was like, I don't feel like I need anything from you. And I don't want to listen to you. I also didn't want to listen to my dad either. you know. But yeah. I just needed more signs that it was okay to have a relationship with a female figure that I could trust. Yeah. And I think that's why I gravitated towards y'all.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting because the attachment there right and you look at it like the hope would be because i was thinking in my mind like sometimes because we would have both genders um uh, in therapists you can heal some attachment stuff kind of like what you were talking there you know um by being a positive figure of that same gender that you had maybe some some trauma or whatever with you know what were you gonna say
2: yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it is interesting because I personally work with adults. I got sober as a teen. I have no interest in working with teens at all. Yeah. Um, and then like to your point, like whenever you were younger and you had a couple of therapists that you didn't like and then you finally found one that you really did vibe with. Yeah. And I think it's important for, for people to know that, you know, everybody's experience is going to look a little bit different and you just got to find like what is working for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you don't I don't need a worry about like what what worked for tyler or what you like or or whatever it's like any everybody's experience is gonna be a little different probably based upon like you know where they came from and what was happening whenever they're a little bit younger it's just what i think Mm -hmm. and so you know being open to being like well you know i tried it i didn't like it can we try something else instead of just staying stuck in it because you feel some type of obligation you know i think it's important for for people to know and understand that you know i think it's always good to try it out yeah first and then and then come up with a with a decision Mm -hmm. you know but but you know you i would rather somebody try it out and it not be what they're looking for than have never tried it at all
1: yeah yeah i think for me you know as a teen when i was going through therapy at that time i was like uh, valid, the person that I finally was like, Oh yes, you're the one. Um, it, I was in a place where I just didn't care anymore, you know? And my family was like, no, you're like, we're going to one more person, you know? And I was like, Oh great. They're not going to do anything for me. And then, but she finally was like, validating my thoughts and my feelings and I was like you get me you know and I didn't have that experience in the other therapist you know and there's so much value she had this like little um, waterfall in her office and just the vibes were right you know and and literally like I said she was like a friend like she felt like a friend but with boundaries and that has always been what I've wanted to be for teens that I work with, you know, someone that does feel safe and, and, um, like you can be vulnerable with, uh, and that's what worked for me, but I had to keep going and I didn't want to, you know, but, um, but then it ended up working out, you know, and being something that I love. And I called her y'all. I called her when I was, when I got fully licensed, um, As an lpc i googled her number she was shopping in heb and i only went to her for probably two years and uh she knew everything she remembered everything about me she was like oh i remember and anyways we cried on the phone together and i was like i have a whole career because of you like i am a full lpc i'm doing the the deal because of you and uh it was just so special so reach out back to your therapist, you know, we we love that.
0: Well, I had a therapist one time. I think finding the right therapist can be super tricky, almost like getting on meds. Like you don't really know if this medication is going to work immediately. You kind of have to go through this trial of seeing if this is the right fit because I had a therapist. It was after I drowned and I was like, okay, cool. Obviously I need to do therapy, you know? And I was at some point I was like, I don't feel like I'm being challenged. I don't like I feel like it's on me to go further but I'm the one who needs I don't know where to go Mm -hmm. and so I had to switch therapists and thankfully I got my guy a bomb therapist who will be on the podcast at some point he's excited about it we've already talked about it yes and he was able to have that safe environment and I've never had trouble like making friends I mean I've I've met made friends of all ages, you know, in both genders. So like, it doesn't matter how old you are to me or, or where you come from. Like I can, I can be your friend if, yeah. if I like you, right. If I vibe with you yeah. and he just made them the environment. He seemed intelligent. He, I told him in the very beginning, I need you to guide me, dog. You yeah. know, like I need help. I'm, I don't know where to go. Yeah. And thankfully, I mean, it worked out, but the environment was, was crucial. The relationship was crucial and he was intelligent enough to know how to guide me where to guide me and just make me feel like i'm i'm doing the right thing Mm -hmm. you know without being like super codependent on him either Mm -hmm. you know he let me find out things myself and then go and practice it in real time yeah so i saw the progress i felt the progress but the resources today there's no way that like back when you were in therapy or even like when we first started getting sober how how long sober do we have eight nine years i have nine nine okay like even back then we didn't have the amount of resources I feel like that we do now, you know? So what, what's the difference from today's age? I mean, you got the sober high school, you got Mm -hmm. the things you do and um, therapy is just blown up. We have way more of a need than we have um, a, uh, what is it called? A supply Mm -hmm. of therapists. And so what do you think has changed with the amount of resources, the type of resources in today's age And what's missing still in Mm. in the amount of resources or the type of resources we have for young people, specifically, getting sober or just in general?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I think some things that have changed are, well, you know, I like how you said back when I was in therapy, like, that was a long time ago, you know, and you literally... uh, there was the internet but it really like i'm not that old but you <laughs> <laughs> didn't really like google like therapist in you know um spring right. texas you uh you know like m- mine came from word of mouth like m- my mom being friends with another mom who um directed us to gina but um so that there wasn't as many resources readily available right then right and then you compare even when you guys were you know in treatment and young i would be curious to know how y'all found your way into treatment like how your family jail (laughs) okay because you were on probation that's right that's right and you uh went to outpatient Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah I wonder maybe your mom you could Google back then it wasn't that long ago you know
2: no wait wait uh, how did I get to Phoenix house like how did you, did you, know you where get, to
1: go? yeah access
2: oh I was meeting my my therapist used at that time that I met that I just bullshitted the entire sure, time sure. Uh, he used to work at Phoenix House so he okay. referred me to Phoenix house because he used to be a therapist oh, there, there. cool. then he went to a private practice. who was it? I think his name was Joshua. I don't really remember. In Dallas? No, in here in Austin or mm. in Lake Travis. I Can you pretty... validate that?
1: Well, listen, John came. I had only been working at Phoenix House. Gosh, if it's nine years, so like a year, you know. So oh. I, like your therapist that you see right now, we like. I think I took his office. Like we just barely missed each other mm. um, in in our time, but I was always like i see you and he'd be like i see you in the work you're doing Mm -hmm. and i just always have respected him he's a great guy yeah
0: we've talked about you oh okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah
1: i saw him when i toured out there at the program that he works at now Uh uh-huh and he's like hey so anyways but um, resources resources thank you for getting me back to the topic <laughs> um but anyways i think that that is a big thing is uh just access you know like now you can google like teen recovery austin or whatever and uh, and hopefully our school pops up and our peer-led support group pops up um but um I th- what is missing is i think just more I mean, think about it. Like, if you sit here, how many adult treatment programs come to your mind in the Austin area? Right, 40, you could just like name ones. them. Yeah. Okay, how many adolescent treatment programs in this area come to your mind that are working and alive still today?
0: Probably three.
1: Just a tiny.
0: All like throughout. Texas. Okay. Yeah.
1: Right. So like there are n- very few resources. Yeah. And why is that? I think that just like John, I don't want to work with teens. Like many people are, I heard that recently at a different program that I, I worked at that were like, Oh, we're not doing teens, you know? And then they're like, well, we like teens, and we're doing teens now. Like you have to kind of like think about it because I I'm a huge advocate and that they're not that different than adults, really. I mean, there's some risks because of age and some liabilities. Yeah. That. Um, but I mean, someone's gotta someone's gotta do it, right? Yeah. And the teens need our help. Yeah. And so
0: surely someone has to do it, but that's yeah. what I was thinking. Like the laws, the liabilities. Yeah. And also profit. Like how, how, I mean, it's a ma- I feel like it's a major difference with uh, profitability, trying to work around getting teens in or, or you know, what, what's the age, like 13 to 18 is that range. I mean, just with everything, like I've never seen an adolescent treatment center that wasn't like state funded.
1: Oh, they exist. You just don't know about them. They're out there. Okay. I mean, when I went to work for for-profit young adult, they're they're out there. They're just not really in Texas. There are some, you know, um, but and I can think of a couple that are, you know, that uh, there's a ton that don't take state funds. In fact, it, it's hard to find one that will take state funds right now. Really? Well, now with the with uh, Phoenix House has gone, and then there's um. There's a couple, you know, out there. I mean, you want me to name them? No. Okay. I was no, no, that's say. okay. But, um, but there's a couple out there that do. But, um, but there's there's a lot. I mean, the, and and a big thing with teens are like um, wilderness programs where you're like kind of sending them into the wilderness. Um, I
0: hear no good things about that.
1: Yeah, it's. Yep.
0: But I think we get back to the difficulty of just being young and not wanting to do it, and this is just yeah. punishment and. You can't really comprehend like okay maybe i do need a change like i've seen teens go to jail yeah and come out fine
1: yeah. you
0: know and okay maybe like one person one or two people i've seen that happen with and, and that worked like the jail rehabilitation stuff but these wilderness programs i've never uh, heard. like everyone that talks about them that i've talked to just has a smirk on their face like yeah and i went to the wilderness program for nine months just, and, yeah. and it sucked yeah you know
1: Yeah. I mean, there are some, um, some good ones that, okay. I should say I've connected with some really great therapists that work at wilderness programs, uh, for adults. Well, there's one that comes to mind for adults. He's an awesome guy, but, um, there's one in North Carolina that does a little bit of clinical and, uh, like they'll, they'll be in the clinical and then they'll go out and do a little wilderness and then go back and do some clinical. So it's balanced. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's not as many resources. I mean, even adult outpatient programs, you know, here in the area, we can like rattle off some adult outpatients. Right now, there's like two, maybe three, four coming to mind for adolescents. There's going to be a fifth one that I'm working on helping that program um, open it. But um, there's just not as many Resources and I think people there's just a big stigma with teens, you know and and I am always j- like, hey, give them a shot. They're not they're not any different than the hard headed twenty one year old that you're working with, you know, across from you. And they might be a little more immature, of course, you know, and think like farting's funny or whatever. But I think that adults do the same, you know. Um, I mean, adults. I would have yeah,
0: I would have died, yeah, like flat out if i if phoenix house wasn't a thing and i didn't know like that was an opportunity and then took the i would have died cuz like what i went to the er like within 3 oh, with days that. yeah or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. yeah so it I was ins- it was insane it, it was insane and glad that it was there regardless of the environment regardless of yeah. the quality like of the actual facility or even the care that was given like yeah i i needed that or i would have yeah. I would have died. Yeah, Simple yeah. as that.
1: Someone needs to do it. So I would love, yeah, I would love for someone to come on in and bring a really uh, robust adolescent um, RTC that's healthy here in in our area because there's not much at all. So yeah. hopefully. Some
0: place to actually get removed for mm-hmm. an amount of time, yeah. whether that's 30, 60 days or nine months yeah. or what have you which is a big ass considering like they're still in school mm-hmm. and stuff and y'all accommodated for that as well mm-hmm. I, I think y'all had the school mm-hmm. um and that that's kind of why we're doing this is just to be like a free resource mm-hmm. did you see my comment on that instagram post about phoenix house
1: i did going down yeah Yeah.
0: because you got to plug it yeah because this is this is free and i think today with the age of social media and how everybody lives online that's where they see it they don't Mm -hmm. watch the news you know people our age and younger are not watching the news you know they're scrolling through social media and they're seeing these things and that's how they get educated Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. now i don't think social media will teach you everything but making you aware (coughs) of what's out there Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's prime and that's that's why we that's why we do this just to make people aware of how possible it is to be on the other side to start the journey or whatever because they yeah. just don't know a lot of the times yeah and it's not a big commitment it's mm-hmm. just like hey check us out if you get inspired hit us up
1: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i think it's smart with the social media because i have kids that will come in now and be like well i saw this thing you know on tiktok and, and this is this is what i learned you know whatever it is so if you can put this message out there also for them to get connected to i think that that is huge and helpful also you know a whole, one of my old clients, he just got recruited to the freaking Navy f- from TikTok. Like, he saw some like yeah. TikTok videos, you know, but then there you go. It's inspirational.
0: Yeah. It's inspirational to hear David Goggins' voice over, like, someone's, you know. <laughs> I, can't, I'll, I feel like I'm, that's the second time I brought him up. Yeah, you're big. Tyler's <throat> apparently a big fan of old Goggins.
2: <laughs> Stay God. hard.
0: Stay hard. <laughs> Who's yeah. going to push
2: the boats?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but there just has like, it's just so clear that there has to be more resources. And with John and I both getting sober at 17, which is probably more heard of, probably more heard of now, mm. unfortunately, mm. you know, it's like. Or at least
1: trying at 17, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know about, like, staying, really, I mean, I was in it for 10 and a half years and it's like y'all that when you were really the only one and done that i ever really heard of yeah first it's rare yeah um and there might be some out there that i just never like they just never came back around i never heard about you know so yeah i I run
2: across a couple couple people every now and then you know like me and tyler have a buddy who got sober at 17 he is like probably 20 years sober now
1: Wow,
0: that's oh awesome. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's awesome. Um, Holtz guy, yeah, Holtz yeah. guy. I mean, my uh, the clinical director in Alpha, she got sober at seventeen. Yeah, 10. I yeah. was going to
0: bring that up too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, she, those are miracles. You know, you guys are miracles. But so. it's possible. It is.
0: That it's possible. It is, and it starts with just a little bit of effort mm-hmm. in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then trying to okay. It, the but the issue here's my thing. We go from. This is totally a different direction, but I want to get your take on this. Okay, <clears throat> we go from like ultimate survival with drug addiction, yes, to now ultimate survival in recovery, yeah. But and I don't know a lot of the science behind this, but I know like our brain doesn't stop developing until what like 25 yeah, or and something saying like that, e-
1: maybe even a little later, even you know? a little later. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so okay, so we go from super dramatic situation to another super dramatic situation, or we're going to end up back in the other super dramatic situations. So we go from one complete end of the spectrum to the whole other side of the spectrum. Yeah. When we're like 23, four, five, where are we? Cause all we know is survival and then survival. Mm-hmm. And we're like in this weird area. Okay. Okay. I'll just speak for me. I'm in this weird area of where's the middle. Not saying like can I go drink and like smoke weed. That's not what I'm worried about. But like all I know is survival on one side of the spectrum or the other, and it's made it pretty difficult to like take it easy.
2: Yeah. You know
0: I don't get me wrong. I love my life and I've done some really cool things and I've had a really good time. But you can't dismiss the fact that it's like from one survival to another and like where where's the where's that where do we go from there because now we're 26 7 26. 26 so we're 26 and it's like okay now my brain's done developing you know it was like peanut butter at first <laughs> yeah. and now we're here yeah. and i only know one thing in two areas yeah. which is survival
1: yeah wow what a, like i just hadn't even like thought of it like that you know but when you put it into that kind of context that that even to me, like highlights more of the miracle, right? Because I think that like swinging from one side of the pendulum to the complete opposite, like that's exhausting. And I I think that that's how sometimes we trickle back a little. And you know, I mean, um, it it is it's it's so hard. What was your question about it, though? About the the opposites?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, how do we navigate back into like, getting out of just survival mode? You know, because I think we're taught here, like, if we don't do X, Y, or Z, we will go back. Yeah, You know, and I think think that's a problem. First of all, I get the importance of, like, knowing the danger of drug addiction and alcoholism and what can lead up to that. Yeah. But nonetheless, like, seven years sober, I'm like, so you're saying if I don't call my sponsor because this one thing happened, I will die. Yeah. Like, that's what you're telling me. Right. And so I'm growing up and I'm like... I don't want my life to be this stressful. Yeah. You know, and I think it's gotten in the way of like my relationship with a higher power and that Mm -hmm. whole process. Cause I'm like, dude, I don't want to be on fucking edge all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. this, this anger that I feel, uh, I don't want that slight situation or big situation to be this, do this or die. It's not approachable Mm -hmm. anymore after nine years. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's
0: like, how do we navigate like the, the dramatic scenario that we've been taught you know, how do we navigate through that today as just an adult, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think it's the long-term... We're in like a long-term clinical study.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, so yeah. it's like now we're here.
1: Yeah.
0: Now what?
1: Now you're here. Now, I mean, I think you both have started... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard on the podcast that you started Therapy too recently in the last year.
0: Thanks for tuning in.
1: <laughs> I told you I was... I'm your number one fan. Yeah. But... um. You know, you started therapy, you dug deeper in your therapy, right? Um, and you're you're in more of like the Overall, holistic—not just like your recovery, because I think like that was that side of the pendulum where it's like uh, eat, breathe, live, like survive your recovery work, and now you're implementing more holistic stuff. You're looking at the trauma. You're addressing some of the the deeper core issues that maybe fueled some of those thoughts and behaviors from your childhood or whatever your early years. Um, you're both also like i also heard like you started working out recently john can't tell <laughs> stop you can't you can tell oh sheesh okay anyways um,
2: butter i did i have started working out i do have a shoulder injury oh. so i have not worked out in a, in a few weeks mm-hmm. but tyler but. but buttery tea hooked me up with ways to well yeah and uh i'm gonna get on some uh medicine to heal my shoulder oh Mm -hmm. yeah
0: ways to well is the truth there you go ways to well is the truth optimize your health super important Mm -hmm. any age you're never too young
1: yeah, so you're both, like, you know, taking better care also of your physical health. Like, you're starting to implement more things that are that are going to help you for, like, the long, long, long term. And I think you, you both were doing that. I mean, remember when you first were, like, remember when you all did that pull-up competition in our new gym at Phoenix House? I
0: bet I won that. Were we, um, uh, no, you were weak back then. I bet I won that.
1: You were coming for H&I. So. Yeah, we
0: were coming for H&I. I probably smashed every... 14 year old in there
1: I don't know but I just remember you know so you guys were that working out off wrong. That, <laughs> came off wrong.
2: that came off very wrong that came off very wrong it did. I didn't and come off wrong until you said
1: it it did so but yeah um <laughs> but you know you're you're starting to look at other areas of your life than other than just your recovery, you know, which is important. But then also like adding in other layers too, you know, and um and I I, I think that it's awesome. I think the other thing too that you guys have done is. Community and I think that that's a huge piece. Like when I think of y'all and where you're at today, right? When you first stepped out of treatment um, from the most recent episode, right? Uh, You became community. You went to community. You didn't go back home because that's a part hard part about adolescent treatment is they're returning like back to their room where they were getting high, you know, and potentially back to their school where they were like smoking in the bathroom and potentially those same areas. And it's such a challenge, um, for that 16 year old. Cause you can't find sober living really for 16 year olds, but, um, and some 17 year olds, but it's just, that's a huge, huge, huge challenge. And you both were able to get out and, uh, and go into a, straight into community, which was, I think really helpful. I can't speak for your recovery journey, but